Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Eyes on the Right podcast. I'm your host, Amy, and this is the podcast that uncovers all of the things purposely hidden in plain sight by the secret societies, the occultists, Hollywood, and the mystery religions of old, then ties them back to scripture to understand the real truth behind them. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited for today. I know I always say that, but I truly am excited for today. It's a big topic I'm going to try to tackle, and hopefully we will learn um, some basics about where this idea of cloning and eugenics, designer babies, doppelgangers, twinning, whatever you want to call it, there is seems to be this phenomena going on, especially in Hollywood, where celebrities look eerily alike. And what kind of got me excited to talk about this topic today was recently Angus Cloud, um, the star from Euphoria, he recently passed away and he had these chilling similarities between the late uh, rapper Mac Miller. And I put up a post, I didn't really know much about Angus, but some of these things that were so eerie about these two, besides them looking alike, was that both died at their homes in California um, Mac Miller actually put out a song called Euphoria, which is was spelled Y-O-U-Phoria, which is really strange considering Angus was the star of the show Euphoria. Um, and they were around the same age, strange circumstances happening in Hollywood. And this kind of stirred up this idea of trying to talk about what cloning is how Hollywood and these kind of elitist Illuminati, what they do with twins, where this fascination came from. Believe it or not, this type of bloodline eugenics DNA manipulation has been around since the fallen angels came down on Mount Hermon, Genesis 6. Okay, so it always ties back to the Bible. And so we're going to go there today. Let's start out with the foundation of trying to understand where cloning came from. Now, I'm going to put this out as a disclaimer. Obviously, I'm not a scientist, um, <laughs> so give me a little grace. I want to present some of these things to you guys and have you kind of take it from there and research it yourself, try to figure out if you can wrap your head around all of this crazy stuff that's going on. But let's start it in the beginning. I mean, when we look at the Bible, the Bible says in Genesis that we are made in God's image and likeness, and so there is nothing else that is made in God's image. We were made both male and female, and we were made to feel emotions and decipher right from wrong, right? We have this soul. And so it's there's really nothing ethical about cloning in a human being in God's eyes and from a Christian perspective, biblically speaking, because every person is made unique by God. In fact, even twins, which we're going to talk about today, that's really the closest thing in creation we can get to for a clone, right? A twin. And even twins have differences between them. They have their own personality, their own unique qualities, etc. And so yet yet twins was really one of the things that in the in the 50s with Joseph Mengele and the 40s um, in World War II in that time period with the Nazis, this was an obsession for these people because they were starting to understand that if they could reproduce um, another person that would help them control people better. It would help kind of bring about this, what they deemed as this kind of master race, right? It's always been about this bloodline. And so let's peel this back. Let's, let's talk about 
broadly what cloning is. So cloning is really this process that is used to create a genetic replica of another tissue or organism, okay? So using the DNA, copying this material, which has the same genetic makeup, and essentially creating a clone. Now, there are several different types of cloning. The first one is gene cloning, and this is something that the cloning that creates copies of genes or segments of the DNA. The second is reproductive cloning. This creates copies of whole animals. And then the third is therapeutic cloning, which creates embryonic stem cells. Now, the em- the therapeutic cloning with the stem cells and stuff, this is kind of a big talk right now, and it has been for some time. And really the way these scientists are, are spinning this whole idea is that if we can create these stem cells and these this genetic therapeutic cloning, then we can hopefully stave off illnesses, diseases, etc. And essentially, when you look at this in a simplistic form from a Christian standpoint, this is really playing God. And when you look at it, you're like, well, why wouldn't you want to do that? Why would you not want to, you know, keep a child from potentially having a genetic disease? Or why wouldn't you want to keep a person if you could see the marker on their DNA that is going to have them get Parkinson's later on in life, wouldn't you want to turn that marker off on their DNA? Well, there comes a lot of moral implications with this. And this is the part where it gets kind of dicey in certain camps and certain groups. But you know, you got to kind of take the information and kind of decipher it yourself. I have my own idea about this. And you know, being somebody that worked with the population of special ed, multiple disabilities, emotionally disturbed, um, you know, traumatic brain injuries and genetic and neurological diseases. I worked with a lot of kids and adults that had this. And in fact, even my own uncle that I grew up with was mentally challenged. And so in our society, the idea here that scientists are trying to portray in some camps and some, um, you know, offices and areas of the world is that, hey, you don't have to have this child that has might have Down syndrome. You don't have to have this child that could have some sort of physical abnormality. And the problem there is who gets to deem which life is important and which isn't. And that's the moral issue right there. And me personally, the kids that I've worked with, they've changed my life. They've taught me more about myself and how to be kind and loving as children who have disabilities than even typical developing kids and adults have. So where do we draw the line? How far are these people willing to go to play God? And essentially, like we said in the beginning, this is what it all comes down to. This is that opposition that the Bible talks about. It's it's good versus evil, God versus Satan, worldly versus um, spiritually minded. And so let's kind of jump into this. Cloning, like I said, is this idea of replicating DNA, replicating genetic material. And we see this scattered throughout history. And really one of the main times when cloning and twins were really popular and there was a lot of experimentation on this was during the Nazi era. era. We have this history of cloning that was an obsession of Josef Mengele, a Nazi physician who led this program Um, this experimentation program on twins at Auschwitz-Birkenau. And this program had thousands of twin children and 
many of them were children, but these experiments exposed about 3,000 children at Auschwitz to disease, disfigurement, and torture under the guise of medical research into illness, humane endurance, and more. And so these twins were essentially separated from the other prisoners. They were There was a control group, right? Um, they selected these kids. There was a control group where one of the twins was used as... Um, as control and the and the other one was used to torture essentially uh they would force transfusions on these kids they would amputate them they would even murder them and it was just really these cruel disgusting experimentations done on these children now the the question is though why was he obsessed with twins what was the obsession with twins and why did that matter why were they so important it was believed that Mengele was looking for a way to create a perfect clone. And twins were the closest thing you could get to a clone. And um, like I said, he was trying to create this master race. All of the Nazis in the Third Reich were trying to do this kind of idea of a master race, right? And so he justified his crimes by saying he was doing this kind of scientific research. But many people called him the angel of death because of the horrible experiments he did in Auschwitz. And some of the things he did, and, and this is going to be a pretty graphic description. So I just want to warn you guys before I go into it. But essentially, what he would do is he'd have a control group. So one of the twins would be in the control group, and the other one would be experimented on. And he would unnecessarily uh, amputate limbs, he would inject various chemicals in the eye to change its color, he would experiment on, on other chemicals, he would um, inject things in their spine and in their bodies and many were sterile he dissect them he tried to make siamese twins by um you know sewing twins together uh it was horrible forced removal of organs without anesthesia and many of these twins one of them died and then the other one would be killed for this kind of comparative dissection so that he could in his eyes see what was going on to see the the differences and um, the similarities. So this guy was evil. He was absolutely evil. And he would inject lethal injections into the heart. And he was literally sadistic. And many people know the show Stranger Things. And this show Stranger Things, the main character, I think her name was Elle, um, she would call her handler, the main scientist, she would call him Papa. And I interviewed somebody a couple years ago who was a survivor of Yosef Mengele, and all the kids called him Papa. It was part of this mind control program that was done during this time. And Yosef Mengele programmed hundreds and hundreds of children. So there are people today that are still alive that have been programmed under Yosef Mengele. So most of Mengele's research was centered around the fact that identical twins are derived from the same egg cell and possess the same genetic constitution. And so Mengele was running these experiments to see if these same genetic backgrounds would have the same physical and psychological characteristics. And so 
he again was trying to create this master race. And if you see the watch the movie Boys, the Boys from Brazil, it talks about this idea where this character, and obviously it's a fictitious um, movie, but it's based on Josef Mengele and Hitler and how Mengele breeds these clones of Hitler and then kills their father. So he wants to try to create this environment in this movie exactly to the environment that Hitler was raised in. And again, it's it's this lack of empathy, lack of just humanity. I mean, these people are so evil that they feel as if it is okay to research and do these experiments on people. And this stuff never went away, you guys. This stuff is still going on today. And there's even this small town, this municipality in South Brazil with inhabitants who are who with a in this town has a high rate of twin births. And so it's even called Twins Town and a lot of people think that this high frequency of twinning could be connected to Joseph Mengele and the experiments that he did um after he left Germany. And so this is kind of the foundation that we're going to start with because we know that after World War II, Project Paperclip brought over many of these Nazi scientists and it would they were extra extradited they should have been um, charged with war crimes but they were brought over here under project paperclip and they started doing experimentation and these types of things over here in the United States and much of what our scientists and people that are in the know and some of these high level people in the upper echelons of society they have based a lot of their, um, research and continued research on these Nazi experiments and these Nazi scientists. So we're going to get into breeding programs because this ties also into the Nazi experimentation. Um, there was a Nazi breeding program called Program Lebensborn, and this was this ruling class type mentality, right? Again, it's going back to them trying to create this master race, this blonde haired, blue eyed master race that they wanted to do. And it all goes back to this bloodline idea. And so in these breeding programs, you will see women that will have these children and carry these children along um, for specific purposes. Now, as we move into kind of Hollywood, and we start to move into what's going on in the world in more in ominous ways because there are breeding farms and breeding programs that are used all throughout the world where in a lot of third world countries where women are used for their babies now these babies are used for multiple reasons um some and most very nefarious uh, organ harvesting mind control sra all sorts of just disgusting vile things that these people use these children for that I don't really want to specifically lay out in detail. But these breeding programs are really important to the Illuminati and to these high level societies for experimentation and for other reasons. So something really interesting in terms of symbolism and how it relates to Hollywood just touching on the breeding programs is the we know that Hollywood uses symbolism and the elites and the occultists use symbolism to communicate messages to one another. And again, I've always said this, but it's an excellent way to communicate because we know that these occultists and Freemasons like Manly P. Hall, they've said they've been quoted saying that symbolism is a way to communicate. And once the general public understands that this is how these people communicate through symbolism, right, then a great veil will be 
removed from the eyes of the people because it's a way to communicate a message without stating the obvious. Now, let me give you an example of a way that we all use symbolism. Emojis. Emojis are used to emote, right? Emote um, a message. And when you put an emoji on a text message or um, on an email or what have you, it gives an idea to the reader of how you're feeling. And that's a simplistic way of using symbolism to convey a message. And we also see it in companies when we look at their logos and such. Their logos have a symbol on it and those symbols represent their company and it evokes a message to the observer. And this is symbolism in its simplicity. So going back to the breeding programs, when we look at avocados, avocado is a symbol used for a baby. It's a symbol used for breeding programs. And I kind of ran into this idea several years ago. It's It's been at least two or three years that I've kind of discovered this. And it started with the WikiLeaks when we started to learn that food was used as symbolism for, for pedophiles. What do I mean by that? Pizza, hot dogs, ice cream. These were all codes that were embedded in these WikiLeak emails. And as you read them, you were like, what the heck is this person talking about? But once you understood that pizza meant little boy, um, you know, or hot dog meant little boy, pizza was child, and, you know, ice cream was prostitute, like it, they, they meant something. And so avocado is similar to that. And some of you guys might remember the Super Bowl ad, and it was avocados from Mexico. And in and of itself, you would kind of look at that and think, well, there's nothing wrong there. They're talking about avocados from Mexico, right? But when you delve deeper into what these people are talking about when they talk about specific food, is my opinion that they are communicating a message to people in the know using media to get the message across instantaneously. And like I said, what a better way to communicate a message to the masses in the know, right? You put it out on your social media, you put it out in a news source, you put it out in a magazine, you put it out um, online. And the avocado is an interesting one because an avocado fruit takes nine months to grow from blossom to edible fruit. So right then and there gives you an idea of how that could symbolically relate to a child. And one of the first people that I noticed this with was Oprah Winfrey. Now, Oprah Winfrey has been directly to connected to John of God, who was this evil man who was using breeding programs. He was using breeders, women to um, have children. And he was, you know, essentially doing these horrible things. And she was directly linked to him. So according to an article, this, and mind you, this John of God was a Brazilian healer, okay? He was a spiritual surgeon as well. Can you imagine the things that were going on with this guy? But when Oprah, in 2010, she actually visited him. And she said she almost fainted during their blissful encounter. And so this guy, John of God, was considered to be this spiritual healer and spiritual figure. And what he was doing, that it came to find out what he was doing was he was in exchange for food, these women who were poor girls from the ages of 14 to 18 would go and they would live in this 
in these facilities and they would be impregnated and their babies would be sold on the black market. And these girls were then murdered after 10 years of giving birth. And there's multiple testimonies and and Oprah Winfrey is directly linked to John of God. Now, how does this tie into the breeding farms? Well, John of God had a breeding farm. And this idea of avocados is a code word for um, children for breeding farms, because obviously even an avocado, when you look at it, it looks like the seed looks like a child in the womb. Okay. And so going back to some of these breeding farms and the avocado, Oprah had an avocado farm and there were multiple articles that talked about Oprah and her avocado farm. Now, another person that was linked to John of God was Marina Abramovic. And so going back to the avocado, you see all these ties in the media. And once you kind of notice this stuff, it starts to make sense um, because you start to see it in a different light. And again, it it sounds far-fetched. It sounds like a conspiracy. But when you start to look at these things and you start to add all these pieces together, it really makes a lot of sense. And in fact, there was a blind item some of you guys might be familiar with the entertainment lawyer, NT lawyer. It's this anonymous lawyer that puts out these these um, little commentary about people in Hollywood and stuff, but he never gets the names or anything. It's kind of this anonymous type idea here. But one of the items that he put out involved these A-list people who essentially had this surrogate farm factory, a rent-a-womb, W-O-M-B, rent-a-womb is what they called it. But this surrogate farm factory in India where these where these women would have these babies and they would sell them to wealthy oligarchs and people in Europe and Russia. And it would be 10 times the amount that you would get in a normal place um, for adoption or what have you. But these people who were a lot of people thought it was Beyonce and Jay-Z and that they were the ones who had this surrogate farm. And they were making, according to this blind item entry, six figures a day. And so there's a lot of money to be had in this kind of breeding farm um, surrogates. You know, it ties into the avocado and what that means. And so when you start to see that kind of stuff in the media, Just take a look at what context it's used in. Look at the people involved. Look at how they do a play on words. It's it's really interesting. So the breeding farms tie into this cloning and stuff because they can control. Well, it's multifaceted because again, they can create babies for different reasons, right? They can create babies to Um, have specific genetic traits, but they also can create them for experimentation. And I think that this is part of it, as well as organ harvesting and, and other nefarious things. But these breeding farms have been around since the Nazi breeding program called Program Lebensborn. But these types of places are underground. They're they're factories, they're holding institutions, they're warehouses. There's been so many reports from SRA mind control victims that talk about these breeding programs. And even in underground dumps and bases, where these women are held, and they're used specifically to breed. In fact, the late Doug Riggs, who was an MK Ultra deprogrammer and a pastor, and who was just 
amazing. He worked with several high level Illuminati royals and was a nemesis of Prince Charles because he was helping these program multiples and these multi-generational Illuminati members of the royal family. He was helping them move through their programming and become deprogrammed to get to their core self of who they are. Um, And so he, they even talked about they were even involved in this idea of breeding programs because these women who had the bloodlines from these certain families would be used to potentially create what they said was the Antichrist. And so this gets really deep really fast. And the idea of this cloning bloodlines, eugenics, baby farming and breeding, twins, etc. this goes deep. And the rabbit holes with this are far... <laughs> are spread far and wide. And so I'm trying to keep this kind of on track and simple, but you can see just from the the few things that I touched on that this stuff is, it goes everywhere. It's in all facets of society. And here's, here's the deal, guys. The Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. If there is money to be had, these people will find a way to make it. And even if it means disposable children, disposable people, disposable women who have had the babies and then die, this is why this is why they're doing it. Um, there's multiple reasons, like I said, but there's been many, many accounts of people that have been SRA survivors, satanic ritual abuse is what SRA stands for, survivors who have gone through breeding program type incidences where they have actually had babies for specific reasons and for specific bloodlines. So a lot to be had here. Let's keep moving on. So since we're on the topic of mind control, there's something to be said um, in a book that's by Fritz Springmeier, who has done a lot of research on the Illuminati and mind control. And he partners with Cisco Wheeler, who's a survivor. But He has a chapter in his book, Deeper Insight into the Illuminati Formula, where he talks specifically about this idea of cloning. And it's really interesting. I actually think that you can get this online in a free PDF form. If not, it's his first book that he has that I have as well. Um, His first book is called How to Create, How the Illuminati Create an Undetectable Mind Control Slave. But in his book, He talks about clones, synthetics, organic robotoids, and doubles. And this stuff gets really kind of far out there. And I think this is why part of the reason why movies and music videos and TV have tried to program us because they want us to believe that this stuff isn't real. They want us to believe it's science fiction. And (laughs) there's nothing more crazy than real life, right? Um, There's nothing stranger than the truth and um, real life events. And th- that's why this stuff in some people's minds are is just so out there and so far-fetched that it can't break the paradigm that they've set themselves up in. And I encourage you guys to try to just kind of open your mind up to some of this. But this cloning idea that Fritz Springmeier talks about, it has been going on for decades. And he talks about these underground military bases that are in all over all over the world, but specifically in the United States. And he talks about these test tubes that these babies were born in. He talks about almost like the movies that you see where you see these humans being um, 
created in these synthetic wombs. And we've even seen the news coming out with that lately, where they're kind of disclosing some of this uh, stuff, how babies can be born in these synthetic wombs. And I'm of the opinion that they show us what they're, they've been doing already. So like the technology that we have today that they're showing us, oh, guess what? You know, Dolly the sheep was cloned. Well, they had been, they had that technology decades ago. And the same holds true for technology like cell phones and computers and stuff. They have technology that we have no idea about and they keep it hidden, but slowly discloses some stuff to us and bring it into the public because um, it's part of their plan, right? So according to Fritz Springmeier, there's all sorts of these underground secret cloning facilities all over the country. Um, there's one in Oregon, he says, um, and they also double as dumb bases. So Oklahoma has an underground facility, Ada, Oklahoma, Oahu, Dolce. I mean, you've got all these facilities that are working on these underground type cloning experiments. And if you think about it, it goes all the way back to the Bible, which I talked about in the beginning with Genesis 6, where it talks about, you know, people, men's hearts failing them because of what they're going to see. And also this idea of the increase of knowledge increasing rapidly before Christ returns. And as in the days of Noah, so shall it be when the Son of Man returns. And so we have to understand what was happening in the days of Noah. There was sort this this type of genetic DNA manipulation. And this is what I believe is going to happen in the end. And we're already seeing it today. We're, we're getting these kind of soft disclosures about these cloning, these doppelgangers, this twinning, this genetic manipulation, these breeding programs. They're all interconnected. And um, it's it's pretty evil what these people are doing. But let's kind of move on to the eugenics aspect of it. And, and eugenics really ties into this idea of bloodlines. So eugenics is is this word eugenes, which is derived from the Greek word, which means good in stock. Okay, so again, it's this idea of natural selection, right? The science of eugenics proposes that human perfection could be developed through selective breeding. They label people as unfit, or, you know, they're, they're more genetically gifted, they're more genetically fit to be the the ones that dominate in society. And so again, you can kind of see without even going into this, how eugenics plays into this idea of playing God, right? It's this whole idea intermix here. And the first person that really coined the phrase eugenics was this guy, Francis Galton in 1883. And Francis Galton is the cousin to Charles Darwin. And so this is where this stuff derives from you guys. It derives from these people that are so off kilter and it just starts to get infiltrated into our society. Now, some famous eugenists that you might recognize is um, Margaret Sanger. Who is Margaret Sanger? She was a racist, essentially, who was one of the founders of Planned Parenthood. And she invented birth control because she had this eugenist type attitude where people that lived in you know, poor communities and certain races, they should not procreate. And so she adopted this idea of, in quote, helping humanity by getting rid of who she believed were unfit people. And that was typically people in poorer communities or people with disabilities or certain races. And other famous eugenists were Helen Keller, Jacques Cousteau, um, 
the creator, the inventor of cornflakes, Kellogg, Bill Gates is another, in quote, philanthropist who believes that gene editing can help humanity. Okay, so these are all eugenists. They all believe in this idea of a an elite race. And this is no different than what Josef Mengele and the Nazi um, scientists were thinking as well, like Hitler, because they thought that there were certain people that should thrive on, in this world and there were certain people that shouldn't. And when you look at some of these older writings and you really start to see what these people think about us as a humanity, they look at us as cattle. They look at us as expendable. Um, and I'm talking about these elitists in the upper echelons of society, they look at us as exposable and expendable. And this is where their lack of compassion for mankind is is cold, it's run dry. And you can only imagine the type of demonic entities that are running through these people because they're just pure evil. There's There's nothing else you can say about this. So when we think about eugenics, we think about um, a lot of this, even forced sterilization through vaccines and stuff. And this happened in our sordid past of our country and here in the United States. And in fact, California in the 20th century was one of the worst. And this was decades prior to World War II. And what was happening is they were sterilizing people who were poor from different cultures and races. And I mean, this stuff has not gone away. Like I said, they are still doing this, albeit covertly. But those that have the eyes to see and the ears to hear, we can see what's going on. And um, this stuff has never went away. So I want to talk about this idea of gene editing and how it it ties into human cloning and all that stuff. But there's this um, technique called CRISPR. C-R-I-S-P-R. And it's this genetic, it's a technique that is a genetic manipulation in which a living organism is deleted, inserted, replaced, or modified. Again, it's this altering of DNA. It's playing God. And there's a couple of types. It's dramatic or, or germline rather, or somatic. And so how they spin this idea of gene editing is they can create an essentially designer babies. So we even see this today with like IVF. I actually knew a person who him and his wife went to a a place where they wanted to pick out the egg and it was going to be implanted. Um, it was going to be implanted with his sperm, but they could pick out a literally a designer baby, essentially. And so they flipped through all these pages with um, different women, and it would say their eye color, what they looked like, kind of some of their background, their health, um, their height, their weight, their skin condition. And so him and his wife picked a woman that they thought would be a good fit for his sperm so that they can then develop an embryo and create a baby. And so this is kind of a, a simple example of some of the stuff that normal people can do like you and I and but this CRISPR technique is used to alter DNA. And again, scientists like to spin it that this can help humanity, of course, right? This is how they always spin it. This is how Elon Musk is spinning this uh, chip in the brain, right? It's going to help people that have Parkinson's, it's going to help people with neurological diseases. And that very well may be true. But what is the what is the 
alternative agenda behind some of these things. And that's what we have to be asking because what they show us and what they tell us is only the tip of the iceberg because they're doing things behind the scenes to bring about this bloodline and to bring about this these kind of super soldiers, if you will, that are being utilized to do whatever they want whenever they want for money and for an agenda. And so there's even a human cloning company. If you look it up, it's called Clonade. And I don't know, it says, I mean, I haven't seen too much research with this, but, and if it's true or not, but in 1997, it said it was created in, in the Bahamas. And they said that they help gay couples and people that are infertile, but also families that, listen to this, their website says that they help families that have lost a loved one. So how creepy is that, that literally they can claim, they claim they can duplicate a loved one and give you this idea of having kind of a clone of somebody that you've lost. And I don't know, this sounds really creepy to me, but in uh, 2022, DNA and gene cloning was a $2.5 billion industry, and it's expected to raise 137 percent this next year. So the love of money is the root of all evil. And so we're seeing how even in the midst of their evil agenda, they're making money off of it. And this is that idea here. It's like killing two birds with one stone, right? So to speak, they are creating revenue and income off and yet fulfilling their agenda as well. So we, before we move into the Hollywood aspect of this, let's kind of review some of the ethical concerns here with all of this, whether it be um, genetic DNA manipulation, cloning, eugenics, whatever you want to call it. Um, essentially what they're saying, therapeutic, right? They're saying therapeutic cloning and therapeutic um, modalities to help it, help improve mankind. This is what they're saying, scientists. But they're, they are saying that certain traits are deemed more desirable than others. And you can literally go to places and have embryos genetically tested using technology called pre-implantation genetic testing. And you can look at the embryo and it's literally this idea of a product. It's like this baby is a product and something to be improved upon rather than a gift from God. And now it shows the control is in your hands and not God's. And what does this go all the way back to? When you strip it all away and you look at this with a biblical lens, it goes back to Genesis. It goes back to lie number three of the serpent. You shall be as God's knowing good and evil. And so looking at eugenics, looking at cloning, looking at the ethical concerns here. It's my will, not your will, God. It's my decision, not your decision, Lord. And pride comes before the fall. This is exactly what Lucifer did in his five I wills in Isaiah. I will be like the most high. And it's all tied in to the Bible. And this is the this is the interesting part about this. So let's jump into the Hollywood aspect of this because this is this is where it gets really interesting with the predictive programming in the movies and stuff. So stay with me, guys. We're, we're going to wrap this up here with the Hollywood aspect. So there's tons of movies about cloning, um, tons of even mu music videos. 
And you even see Dr. Dre with his cloning labs, right? With Eminem, you see all of the the M&Ms in the cloning lab. And, and they allude to this idea that cloning labs are real. We've also seen tons of celebrities, Tila Tequila, maybe you guys remember her, but she talked about cloning. B.O.B. talked about cloning. Janelle Monet teases her new album, I Now Have a Clone. And they always kind of put it under this guise as if they're just joking, right? But um, B.O.B. has tweeted in the past, these alien abductions aren't a part of hybrid program involving aliens. It's actually connected to the cloning centers. And this is interesting too, as it ties into this idea of alien abductions. And this is a controversial topic I know amongst Christians and, and just people in general, but we've got to kind of be able to come to the table and ask some of these questions without getting triggered that automatically this stuff isn't real. I mean, there's been hundreds and thousands rather of people that have testified about these alien abductions and seeing UFOs and something like that. So there's something to it. There's something more at play here. But B.O.B. came out talking about all sorts of these tweets. He says, notice a celebrity who has tattoos or piercings and they mysteriously vanish equals cloning center. When a celebrity in great health suddenly suffered a stroke, heart attack, or an aneurysm, cloning center. Hundreds of kids go missing each year, cloning center. Every time you see a celebrity randomly losing their mind, cloning center. And so those tweets were done in around 2015, but even Nicki Minaj said, my tears have dried and I know that no weapon formed against me will prosper. Searching for people who can relate. Hashtag stop human cloning. Tila Tequila says in 2012, after I died, I was replaced with a clone, aka me now and was microchip and was activated after the fallout of 2013 and 2015. And even Amanda Bynes says my dad never did any of these things to me talking about abuse. The microchip in my brain made me say those things, but he's the one that ordered them to microchip me. So guys, this stuff gets gets really, really interesting. And it goes back to breeding programs. And I'm, I'm just going to present a theory to you because this is actually what I believe could be part of the reason of what's going on in Hollywood. You've got this idea of twins and you've got people who have come out of the Illuminati who ha- are whistleblowers of sorts of SRA abuse. And they've testified to this idea of um, breeding programs. And so if they are breeding or they have these types of frozen um, you know, embryos and stuff, or they're manipulating DNA, they can create doppelgangers of celebrities. They can create multiple looking celebrities for their use at certain times. Now, whether they're twins or whether they're just kind of doppelgangers, like I said, like lookalikes, think about it, wouldn't be that hard to do. If they had a breeding program and they had certain women that were giving birth to these celebrities, then they would have one or two or three of a similar looking person and they would just be raised in different homes and they would come out at certain times. And so it's not so far-fetched when you think about it that way. The cloning centers are a little more difficult to wrap your mind around. And you have people like Donald Marshall, who has come out and talked about the cloning centers. He, in fact, has said that he's been, he said he wrote music for many famous artists, and he was brought to these cloning centers and tortured and all this stuff. I'm not discounting what Donald Marshall says, but we can't really, 
we can't understand this unless we ourselves have either a been there or see more people coming about and out and talking about this stuff because it's really really far out there and i'm not saying it's not true i'm just saying it really makes your mind hurt because you're like whoa can this stuff really be going on but I have heard of in past from SRA survivors who are in the high levels of the Illuminati, they have multiple kids and one of them is hidden away and the other one is brought out in public. And there are times where those kids are switched when they grow up to a certain age and they are used for different roles in the system. And it's kind of goes back to that old movie parent trap where you have the two twins and they swap roles one goes with the dad and one goes with the mom and they're a different twin that lives with them and they start to kind of manipulate the parents to try to get them back together but it's this idea of using them for roles for the agenda and it kind of makes sense when you look at it in a eugenics um, breeding program kind of way because why wouldn't they I mean, this is why we see so many celebrities that look identical to each other. You guys have all seen the memes going around where you have the side-by-side -side celebrities that look so much alike that you're just like, what is going on in Hollywood, right? Hollywood was created to promote agendas. Hollywood was not created to just have this idea of, oh, let's throw out a little entertainment for the masses. Hollywood was, was created as a three-letter agency. Whether you want to believe that or not, it's the truth. And there is actually a C CIA office in Hollywood. There are many of these high-level A-list actors do jobs for the CIA. George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie. You also see them involved in high-level positions in the UN, and other organizations like that, the WHO, right? They're all infiltrated in this, you guys, because they're part of the agenda, they're part of the system. And so why wouldn't they have these types of breeding programs within Hollywood to create multiple roles, if you will, for these people? And it also helps too, if one of them, you know, gets out of line, you know, you put the other one in place. I don't know how it works. It's pretty crazy, but I do know that there's some truth to it because of the research I've done and the testimonies I've listened to, and the pieces of the puzzle that I put together, there is some validity to this. And so how this looks, I don't know. Now, on the other side, you have a lot of Hollywood celebrities that actually have twins themselves. And are they furthering along this breeding program? I mean, just to name a few, Hilary Swank, Beyonce, Mariah, Angelina, um, J-Lo, Julia Roberts, Sarah Jessica Parker, Celine Dion, Elon Musk had twins. What's going on here? Is there something more or is it just, oh, they're just having twins because people have twins? That could very well be. But because we know that there's not everything is as it seems in Hollywood, I think it would behoove us to say that there is more going on with these people. So a couple of other movies that I want to talk about is a recent one. And I actually believe it's a show on Netflix, but it's called um, They Clone Tyrone. And They Clone Tyrone, ironically enough, has Jamie Foxx in it. Now, why is this interesting? I think this is interesting because we know that Jamie Foxx um, recently came out and people were like, oh my gosh, was he cloned? Was he cloned? Right? Well, isn't it interesting that he was in this show called They Clone Tyrone? And this was um, 
this the premise of this Netflix show was they find this cloning lab and it's geared towards mind control and generational breathing breeding. Again, tying back to everything that we've been talking about. Well, the main character is a guy named Fontaine. And if you look at this name Fontaine, in and of itself, you'd be like, okay, that's an that's an interesting name, but what does it link back to? Well, one of the main Knights Templar, which is one of the secret societies that many of these people have the double cross of Lorraine, um, Little Uzi Vert, uh, Pete Davidson, the cross of the Lorraine is the double cross. And this is a Knights Templar uh, cross. And this main character, Fontaine, was one of the main Knights Templar, um, Tessalyn Fontaine, who was a big Templar in this secret society. So it's almost like paying an homage to the Knights Templar, which they do all the time. Even Jay-Z's alcohol, his um, alcohol brand has the Knights Templar cross. Even the Oreo cookie has the Knights Templar cross. It's the double cross of Lorraine. This is where we get this idea of you double crossed me. This is where this came from. Um, everything derives from something, right? This is what I say all the time. This stuff doesn't pop out of nowhere. It is There's something to it. So also going back to Dr. Dre and the cloning labs, we saw that with Eminem. But there are several movies that talk about cloning as well. And one of them was the movie Us, which um, I think it's, I'm not quite sure when that movie came out, but it's literally, they're, they're like finding copies or clones of themselves, doppelgangers, right? And then an older movie called The Island with Scarlett Johansson, that was about human clo- cloning and harvesting of organs and human tissue and stuff. So they show us in the movies, which even all the way back to the Twilight Zone, there was one of the Twilight Zones where this clone, it was called Mirror Image, and this clone took over this woman's life. So we see this in movies all the time. And this is not even a conspiracy anymore. I mean, there's been open documents from the government from decades back talking about this, and testing and figuring this out with this kind of clone cloning and things like that. Um, You've also got movies multiplicity. And I believe there was a movie with Karen Knightley called Never Let Me Go. And it was about kids that were clones raised from birth exclusively used by the wealthy to don't donate body parts as needed. And so it's, it's crazy how they show us. And I really think that there is way more to this than we even realize. Um, a lot of songs and singers that sing about clones, like I said, um, Janelle Monet, as well as Pat Benatar, my clone sleeps alone. And so they're telling us something without telling us, right? They're giving this idea that this is going on, but they're not coming out and saying it. And one last thing that I, I want to mention that is really interesting as well is there's been theories that people like Kevin Hart was cloned and even Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears. And it's kind of interesting when you think about this. And, and I always say this because you got to look at the words they say in some of these articles because Kevin Hart, when he was in this car accident, he was quoted as saying to People Magazine, the other version of myself died in that accident. The other version of myself died in that accident. And so you start to think, well, what does that mean, right? And he goes on to say, I feel like the other version of myself died and this new version was born to understand and to do better. So 
I don't know. I think that's really strange. He also says, I was not trying to get back to where I was before. I want to be better than before. It's a resurrection. That's the best way for me to put it. So interesting stuff. I think that these celebrities tell us in more ways than one. But I want to talk about this as we wrap up. Why do they do this? What's the spiritual context in this? And I really believe that the reason why they do this is because we know that demonic spirits need a body to inhabit. Matthew tells us this, that once they leave a house, which is a temple, right? Our home, our physical body, they wander and they come back to that house to see if it's been occupied. I'm paraphrasing. But the idea here is that demonic entities need something physical to inhabit, to move around this world, right? And so if these entities come back. If there is this idea that the Bible is true, which I believe it is, and it talks about the return of these demonic principalities and entities that were moving around in the days of Noah, they need bodies to inhabit. And so these clones, these bodies are going to be used for these entities to come into. And bodies are portals or vessels right? This is this is not a novel idea here. It's pretty simplistic, actually. What you use your body for is either for good, you either accept Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit comes in, and we as Christ followers are used by Christ, right? He lives in us. We're what the Bible calls a living sacrifice, or you're used for evil as the sons of disobedience, which are the children of disobedience, which are those of the devil. And so you're either anti-Christ or you are Christ. There's no in-between. And so these clones and these people that are being created, according to multiple authors too, like the late Russ Dizdar in the um, the Super Soldiers book, The Black Awakening, the he believed that these multiples and these clones were going to be used as these kind of sleeping soldiers, these sleeper cells, if you will. And they're being utilized by these demonic entities um, to be used in the later days. And I don't know if that's true. It's just a thought to put out there, but it makes a lot of sense to me. We also have to think about this idea of how this plays into end times. And I'm looking at an article right now. It is an article that's pretty old from Nature Magazine, but it's called Molecular Cloning of Ancient Egyptian Mummy DNA. And it's an article published in April of 1985, but it still gives us some insight to what these people are doing. Okay. Basically, it's talking about this artificial mummification was practiced in Egypt, um, bringing up this, these human remains of mummies and it says in this article, one 2,400-year-old mummy of a child was found to contain, get this, DNA that could be molecularly cloned in a plasmid vector. Now, th- mind you, this was in 1985. And so think of what they can do today. But what they're saying in this article, in this journal, is that um, it goes on to say, I report here that one such clone contains two members of the Alu family of human repetitive DNA sequences as detected by DNA hybridizations and nucleotide sequences. So basically, they're taking these substantial pieces of mummy DNA and making it so that this mummy DNA can be cloned. What do you think they can do with this? If they're making test tube baby clones, if they're making um, 
you know, babies and having these breeding farms and these cloning facilities, do you not think that they would take the ancient Egyptian mummy DNA, which many believe that many of these Egyptian royalties were hybrids, that they were in fact Nephilim offspring because their heads were elongated, like the Peruvian skulls that were found with the different sutures in the skull, indicating that these were not human. So are they doing something more with this? I would venture to say, yes, of course they are. These people are mad scientists. They are trying to resurrect these end days where they're creating these hybrid beings based on this molecular DNA from these ancient, ancient um, people and or or hybrids, whatever you want to call them. And they're reconstructing and recreating um, something different that they can make in a lab. That is crazy. Now, we can't forget also, as we start to wrap this up, is... Gilgamesh's tomb that they believe they found. This goes into this whole cloning idea. Now, a lot of people believe, and I believe that Gilgamesh is also Nimrod. And we know Nimrod. Um, Cush was the mighty father of Nimrod, who grew up to be a, be a mighty warrior on the earth, according to Genesis 10. And Nimrod was this mighty hunter. And he was the one that built the um, Tower of Babel. And so you've got all these tie-ins. Well, during this Iraqi war, they believed that they found this lost tomb of Gilgamesh. Well, if they found Nimrod or Gilgamesh, guess what they could do with that DNA? They could recreate an antichrist of sorts. And was this Iraqi war that was going on during this time, was the sole purpose of this Iraqi war that the United States you know, got involved in was the the reason they went there to discover some of these ancient ruins to recreate from the DNA this kind of clone of Nimrod. Um, I would venture to say, yeah, absolutely. Why wouldn't they? I mean, at this point, these people are absolutely just diabolical. So why wouldn't they try to create this kind of mighty hunter of old from old DNA that they found in Gilgamesh's tomb? And so I hope that you guys learned a lot from this. And I want to leave everybody with hope, which we always try to do at the end of the podcast. And the hope is this, that that God is in control. When you surrender your life to him, he guides your path, he guides your steps, and we have total faith in him as we maneuver through this world. We do not have to fear because we are walking and abiding with him. And so if you aren't, I encourage you to turn your life to Christ, turn your life over to the the one way reconciled back to God. And that is through his son, Jesus Christ. Um, I hope you guys learned a lot today and it was educational for you. I'm sure I left a lot of breadcrumbs for you guys to research on your own. And I definitely encourage you to do that. I'm here if you guys need me, if you need counseling or coaching, I offer that online. So don't hesitate to reach out. Well, I hope you guys have a good day and we will see you next time.